Hi, everyone. It's Maddie Mackey with the Outcome Mastery Podcast. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Jordan Donnell. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Jordan is a pleasure advocate, all about intimacy and all the good stuff we're going to get into conversation about today. And she's also the podcast host of the Vagina Vulvas and Vibrators podcast. Thanks for being here. And I'll let you formally introduce yourself. Yes. So I am, like you said, Jordan Tunnell. I am a women's sexual health educator, intimacy coach, pleasure advocate, and I'm also a PA by trade. And I started this journey three years ago when I started the podcast as a platform to educate women and raise awareness about our bodies because there is such little information that we are given growing up about how our body functions other than we bleed, you're going to get pregnant, and you're probably going to die when that happens. And so many women live life confused about their bodies, what's happening, not knowing what's normal, is this supposed to happen? And so I started my platform to really open up conversations about that and talk about sex, which is a very taboo topic for some people. And so I really wanted to talk more about like how women should be having better sex and enjoying their sexual connections more than just being there for their partners physically. Amazing. And I couldn't agree more with you about the fact that women aren't given enough information about their bodies. You know, I don't think anyone really is, unfortunately, in this world and in education systems that are most common, you know, here in America, just alone, but globally as well. So I couldn't agree more. And being that I went through motherhood and birth and all that, I really realized I didn't know anything about my body until I was 21. And that was because I got involved with healing and the spiritual side of things and mentorship that was kind of outside of the Western world and things like this, like your podcast, like resources that were free and available to me to just start learning and actually resonating with the information. So I really appreciate that you started this and that it is a free, accessible way for people to get, you know, attuned with the education and the information. And also I've been a part of your membership group more recently. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that and how that works and when the next one is, because that's another great way to just put yourself in a community that's really affordable, you know, and be able to open up conversation about things that just aren't going to happen at, in other conversations, you know? Yeah. So the She Society is my women's group that meets monthly, virtually, where we are just having more conversations about sex and intimacy and relationships. This last one, we were talking about pleasure, but in August, August 15th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, it is all about touch and sensation play, which I think is such a really fun topic to go into because there's more than just like just holding hands type touch. There is so much that we can do and it really just gets our juices flowing and can create so much connection just with touch. So I'm really excited to talk about that and talk about different types of touch on our next uh, She Society call. I love that. Yeah, the calls have been beautiful, so supportive, amazing community, and just bringing up, like I said, like the topics that you're just not going to have in like your everyday conversation. So that kind of leads me to my next question to ask you as the expert, like, 
there's this huge divide, which I'm sure you know, you know, between like this corporate work world and then the like feminine, like intimacy, like being a goddess energy world. And, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, we kind of have to find a way to operate in both um, because, you know, you have to make money, you have to pay rent, you have to, you know, meet your needs in this world. And that often can come in a masculine form. But then to jump back to that feminine can feel so violent, you know, that transition for some people to go from pleasure, maybe some people don't even know how to connect to pleasure, because they've got so deep in the grind world. What do you recommend to someone who might be kind of in that situation or questioning, like, why can't I tap into this? Yeah, I love that you asked me this. And honestly, that's where I was when I started this journey. Um, a couple of years ago, I had, my mentor will tell you this, and it's a pretty funny story, but I had a weekly schedule with 15-minute time blocks. If it didn't fit in my 15-minute time block, it didn't happen. It was extremely structured. I had to also do that because I was working a full-time job. I was also running the podcast, doing um, coaching certifications and things like that. So I had so much going on. So I needed to have some structure, but it was clearly a little overstructured. And one of the first things that I really did was honestly throw it out and really just start listening to my body, which sounds really crazy if you've never done this before. But one of the first steps would be mindfulness and just slowing down so that you can start listening to yourself. You can start with a couple of minutes, work up to 10 minutes a day. You could do even longer but really just sitting with your own body and slowing down to notice what's coming up. Because all day, every day, we are getting all of this input in our body. All of the like data is coming in, we're reading, we're taking all of this information in constantly, but we never stop to just be. And so if you are stuck in this, like, okay, I don't really know how to transition from super structured to more pleasure-filled, relaxing, enjoyable, present life, start with mindfulness. That's so beautiful. And I think, you know, so many people get caught up in the grind that it's hard to even like get to that one point to start. So yeah, just being mindful of like your body, like you kind of mentioned touch, like, you know, giving yourself some of these sensations, not even in a sexual way, just in a pleasurable way is so important. So let's get into that too, because I think when we talk about pleasure, you know, in the healing world and my background was doing like womb healing and yoga teaching. And now I'm in like CEO of a media company, you know? So I like, feel like I just went like full 180, but like these two different conversations come up with pleasure. And one of those communities gets real uncomfortable when I talk about it. And another one's a lot more comfortable with it. So why um, do people have this stigma that pleasure has to be associated with sex directly? Well, I think that's what we're taught, right? Is that pleasure is sex. But the reality is, is everything that we do in our life can be based in pleasure. And the way that we drink our morning coffee or our cacao or our tea or whatever it is, the way you eat can be based in pleasure. Every single thing that you do, the way you brush your hair, you wash your body, it can all be sensual. It can all be pleasure-based. And it isn't just sex. Like we are really taught. And that was kind of the world that I had to transition out of as well, is that I always thought that sex was pleasure. And 
I couldn't or didn't know how to incorporate pleasure into my everyday life until I started slowing down to realize, oh, I really like beach walks. I really like to be outside in nature. I really like to read a book. I really like to do all of these things that I would have never slowed down enough to realize that they are pleasurable for me outside of sex. Absolutely. And there's something to be said about like your 15 minute schedule routine. And I'm thinking back to my journey of how things kind of changed. Like there really has for it to be like a significant change. Like there has to be a significant like disruption in the current schedule. It's not like you just go like, oh, I'm just going to take today off and then I'll be in pleasure today and, and therefore on, you know, it's like you have to really like commit to that. And I think like, can we talk about kind of like how hard that actually is, especially if you're like what I would assume we both are like type A, like we like things how we like them. We like to be organized in our schedule. So like, how do you just rip that away from someone without like traumatizing them more? <laughs> yeah. And you're right. It is so hard. I am somebody who still struggles with maybe slowing down some days and I get anxious when I do meditation because I'm like, I have so many other things I need to do. That is normal. That is part of the process. And I think that you're right in that it's it's a commitment. And you start with a small commitment to yourself every day. And when you commit to yourself, you are building trust in yourself, which is really important, especially for us as women who, for many of us, have disowned our bodies over time and lost trust in our body and their in, in its intuition. And so a small commitment for maybe a week maybe it's a month, how many other days you want to commit to yourself and giving yourself grace in that time frame as well is so important because I think for many of us, some days you're just not going to do it. Like the schedule's too packed, things happen. You can't get down on yourself for that. You start the next day and you restart your routine or whatever commitment you made to yourself at that time. And so I think that it just starts with a small commitment to yourself. And then you can build from that. I love to routine stack. And so routine stacking is where you add multiple things at the same time block because you're already doing something consistently. And so if you've already made this small commitment, now you can make it a little bit larger commitment or add some things to it. And it makes it a little bit easier, I think, when you do it that way. I agree. I've kind of come to that. I didn't know that word routine stack. I like it. And I've come to a similar schedule where like the days I don't have my daughter, like I will just try to squeeze in everything. And if I drive to go here, then I'll work at a coffee shop nearby and do all my errands in one area. And I call them my masculine days. And I'm like, well, I know I'm going to have to have these masculine days to upkeep the lifestyle that I enjoy living and whatnot. But, you know, if I can condense them into two or three full, full days a week, then I have three or four days left over where I can just kind of minimally run errands or make orders or do what I need to do and still be present with my daughter. Because that's when I realized how crazy my schedule was. And I think a lot of us are on the grind for like the money. And it wasn't until I had my daughter that I realized so much of this pleasure that I've been seeking and money and whatnot was actually with time and that the real income that I wanted, although money income's great and supportive, like was the freedom of time. And I think to experience the level of pleasure that we're all craving, like we have to have time because you can't buy 
pleasure, you can do a certain degree, like a luxury hotel or like a delicious thing you love, like a little candy or something, but like, or even the best toy on the market, you know, like you can buy it to a certain point, but you need the time to actually like experience it. So how do you like, what would you say about that? The whole time idea? I would honestly carve out time. I would carve out time on a regular basis, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, if that's all that fits into your schedule, but you are a priority. And scheduling that time for yourself is going to be, for those of us who live on a schedule, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to put it in there. And that's okay. Like, although, you know, it makes me think of scheduled sex, for example, Mm -hmm. if you're in partnership, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we don't want to schedule sex. Well, if you don't schedule sex, is it going to happen? And for some relationships, it may not. And sex is an extremely important part of relationships. And so sometimes you do have to schedule it to make sure that it happens and that that commitment to yourself, your relationship, whatever that looks like. For women who are, for individuals who are not in relationships, I still like that example because if you are in a relationship or desire partnership, you're going to want to schedule it then. So why would you not be scheduling that time for yourself now? And in the future, just be incorporating somebody else into that time that you already have scheduled for intimacy with self. Exactly. Like to me, it's like we schedule our oil changes or we know like, oh, we're getting, you know, to 5,000 miles. Like we're going to need to do it soon. Let me put it on my calendar. You know, we're thinking about that for like our cars, our vehicles, our, you know, our rent, you know, we're like on top of all of that. So it just amazes me how far removed we've gotten from scheduling pleasure and making that a priority, you know, next to all these other things that we've made priorities that just help us do the grind more. Well, and you brought something else up that I want to mention too. You know, you talked about your masculine days. For me, I would rather have a couple hours every day that are very masculine and the rest of my day, very free flowing. And so everybody's very different with like what their schedule needs are. And there's, there's different ways to go about it, but there is parts of time in the day that are going to have to be a little bit more structured, whether it's every day, some days to get the job done too. Absolutely. And it's just about finding those times, like you said, routine stacking, trying to maximize that time so you can not be worrying about the little things that fall through the cracks later and just take care of it. I've been riding like, you know, the hormonal waves often with my business and I really follow my cycle with that. So I just know there's like two weeks of the month where I'm going to have to like get myself a latte or go to a fun coffee shop or I literally have to have my assistant or a team member come and I call it adult nanny me and just be like, do this, do that, like, and literally tell me what to do. And it's an expense that I decided was worth it because I you know, just like a child when you need to tell them like, do your homework now, do this question. Now do that question. I can get it. So in my feminine in those two weeks that I'm just like floating, like la la la. And then the other two weeks, it's like, I'm telling everyone to be quiet and shut up around me. I'm like working. I'm like on editing mode. I, you couldn't pull my computer away from me. I'm like canceling things, you know, with friends so I can keep being on the grind because I know when I'm riding that grind wave, like it's really good for me to maximize it because it actually feels really good versus the other side of things like that hard work feels a little bit more challenging. I also plan my life around my schedule, which was one of the 
best tools I think I've learned. And it's a really good guiding tool, right? You can't do everything based on your schedule. You can't predict when a speaking engagement or when a wedding is going to be and make that align with your menstrual cycle so that you are most optimal. But it does help so much when you have that in the back of your mind of how that does impact your hormones, your energy, your mood, and how to manipulate your schedule so that you are most productive during certain times. And maybe you're more creative during certain times. And so you schedule that for your creative flow, super feminine part. And then the other side, you are scheduled very masculine. And maybe there's two weeks out of the month, all masculine, very structured, two weeks, it is free flowing. Maybe that's what works for you. And I'd also love to add too, it's trial and error. So did you find out that you needed like your three masculine days right away? Or was that like a process that it took for you to find? Oh, it's still a process. I'll still have like bookings I'll look at and it'll be like the days where I'm supposed to be on my bleed, which is more of my like inward cocooning time uh, mentally. And I'm just like, it's unbelievable. I'm like, how could I not know after all these years to just, all I have to do is go on my schedule and put like bleeding chill days and block it off my calendar. So no one can book me those days. And there's still months where I'm failing to do that or having to ask people if we can bump it back, if I'm having like cramps or something, you know, and I'm really honest. And I think that's another thing to tap into too, is like, the importance of being honest about that. Like some people are so afraid to just say, it's like, oh, my moon's going on or I need to cancel something or reschedule. And I'm such a big proponent for people just being honest if they can't show up to something and it's not gonna like ruin like the, you know, like a wedding or something like, you know, obviously something you could actually reschedule. Like, I love when people tell me that because then I can have so much more compassion for them and be like, of course we can reschedule. Like, I have so much empathy for that. I've totally been there. I don't want you to try to push yourself and not even be able to do a good job with whatever you need to do because you're in pain and hurting. So that's something that's helped me tap into my pleasure I'm realizing is just being clear about where I'm at, you know? Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's so important with our cycles to, you know, how the energy changes and maybe your energy is just not in the right place to do whatever activity you are scheduled to do. And like you said, just being honest about it. Like yeah. For me, I schedule all of my podcast recordings, follicular and ovulatory. I can hold the conversation. It's great. I can even do it on my period a little bit. Mm -hmm. Luteal phase. I cannot think of words for the life of me. And so <laughs> I block that entire two week, you know, 10 to 14 day period off on my schedule for pretty much everything because I'm just not functioning for that type of activity. Absolutely. And, you know, I had this experience yesterday where the universe really did this random thing and I knew I was kind of in like a low energy. So I like didn't want to go to all the meetings I had, but I was like, no, I'm showing up. You know, I forced out of my feminine into my masculine. And then the universe did this thing where like the place I was supposed to go was locked and it wasn't going to be open. So then I had to tell the person we couldn't meet there. And then they said, okay, let's just reschedule. And then someone else canceled a meeting completely out of my control, the next one. So it was just I literally went home and relaxed because I was like, wow, you know, even when I'm not going to give it to myself, the universe will let me know when I need to give myself that feminine rest day, even if I try to show up and think like, 
no, you should always show up. Showing up's better than not, you know? So I did my part and the universe did its part. And it was kind of like a beautiful reminder that, well, I don't know, it's like 50-50, like showing up's good, but also like I probably could have canceled those meetings because they were going to get canceled anyways. But still, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. So it's just a good reminder. I love those little spiritual reminders and universal messages where you just get the confirmation that like you're supported and that if your nervous system needs rest, like you should take the damn rest. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so hard too, when we're coming from a place of maybe always having the structure and the masculine and transitioning into listening to our bodies and our wisdom, sometimes we're like, Mm, are we sure about that? And it's very, it's hard to cancel. I have a really hard time canceling on 99% of things. Um, but I'm never upset when, well, that's not, that's not a true statement. I am rarely upset when people cancel on me. Cause I'm like, Oh, great. That's wonderful. I opened up free time. And, um, yeah, so it, it's interesting how that works. Totally. Yeah. It's like this dichotomy <laughs> in each situation, but I do love it. I just love those confirmations from the universe when you know, like when it just feels like safe to give your body that rest, because now I didn't have to cancel on any, I mean, I did have to cancel, but because it was out of my control circumstances, like I felt like, okay, I can go home and actually take a nap, rest, like be with myself, feel my emotions. And it just was like perfect alignment. So the more I do the inner work, the more things stay in perfect alignment is what I've learned. And the less inner work I do, the less alignment is in my life. Well, and it's ongoing. You know, it's not something where we just do it once and we're done. Like this is an ongoing process. And I'm sure you can attest to this too. You might be really good for, and, and I hate to use the word good, but you might be on it and kind of doing what works best for you for months. And then all of a sudden you go on a trip and you totally fall back to your old patterns. It happens and you have to redirect yourself regularly over the course of your entire lifetime. Yeah, that's been a huge theme for me is just the change, the cycles, the non-attachment to how things are, especially with like other people, because and the non-attachment to just other people's one-wayness, you know, like I'm really starting to learn like how important it is for us to all evolve and how we don't really have control of how other people evolve. And I see that, I've seen that in relationships, but it, it's just been another kind of theme with my daughter that I've been able to see in like a smaller microscopic lens, you know, and watch her be a baby, a newborn, and then be, you know, like learning to crawl kind of stage, like one years old or whatever, then being a three-nager, like a full-blown, like evil little three-nager right now. And like, it's all, it's in like to have to, like to have to, you know, whatever, but like to have to love and accept her in each of these stages, even though some were much more enjoyable in my opinion than others. So it's, and then I've been thinking like, how am I, you know, doing that in my other relationships and my friendships, my family, my romantic relationships? Like, how am I accepting these people as they evolve and change? And am I, or am I having to set boundaries? And, you know, what do you have to say about that? Because when it comes to relationships and pleasure and evolution, it's all kind of there too. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. And I, and I love that you brought up with your daughter, accepting all of those parts because in talking about it, because I think for a lot of people, that's something where we don't want to talk about 
parenthood is fucking hard and you don't necessarily (laughs) love everything about it same with relationships you know relationships are hard and you may not love everything about being in a relationship with somebody or anybody in general and i think the the key is communicating Mm -hmm. and staying in tune with each other creating time and space for each other so when something is going on you're able to express it safely you are able to be supported i think that's probably the biggest thing is um, i like to do something called roundtable discussion in partnership where every week we sit down and we talk about okay this is what went really well last week this is what we can work on from last week and then plan the week ahead. Okay, this is where I'm going to need more support. You know, my moon's coming up. This is how that's going to impact my day-to-day life and being able to support each other. But it's also a space where you can talk about like, this really hurt my feelings or this is not working for me. And I really love that you did X, Y, and Z, or I really felt loved when this happened or you can share the highs and the lows. And I think that that's really important because it's not all rainbows and glitter. It is, there are going to be points where you're like, this, this fucking sucks. I want to be done, but we're here, we're doing this when we're committed to each other and being able to um, have that communication, I think is really the big part. And how do you, you know, how would you coach someone in like a in that conversation to stay in their pleasure when, you know, say their partner brings something up that is like their downfall, you know, and it's like, you feel like you're being like stabbed, you know, but you still want to remain conscious and hold space. Like, how would you recommend that? Because I, I just feel like a lot of people, myself included, like struggle with receiving, like, even when you have the conversation, you can sit down, you're like, yeah, we're going to be conscious. We're going to do what the coach said, like, yeah, 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 everything's good. And then it's like, well, except for that one thing you did last week that really triggered me. And then you get all defensive, like, as for the feminine, I'm I'm speaking for myself as a female, like, I feel like as soon as I get defensive, like my walls, my masculine walls will go up. So how do you in that exact moment, bring yourself back to have to finish that conscious conversation? I think it's remembering that our partners have our best interests in mind and that they are not trying to attack you and that it is a safe space for the conversation to be had. And so just remembering like they want better for our relationship as well. And so being able to have that space is important for both people. And it is going to be crunchy sometimes. It is going to be extremely uncomfortable. And sometimes you may have to table a discussion and be like, I really appreciate And, and it's all about, it, wow, struggling there. It's all mm-hmm. about receiving the information and hearing it and being able to just accept, like, thank you for sharing that. And maybe that'll be something that you are in the future discussions talking a little bit more about too and you don't have to respond but you can receive and appreciate that they are opening up and being vulnerable with you and sharing a part of them that it probably feels really uncomfortable for them to tell you that too as much as it feels uncomfortable to receive that that's a good point yeah remembering that 
you may not be the only uncomfortable one in the room, you know, it's just different levels, you know, different triggers of discomfort coming up. So that's a really good piece of advice. I think one other thing, well, there's a million other things, but one thing I definitely wanted to make sure we talked about today, because I talk about a lot, like with the money mindset and with the importance of your energy when it comes to money. Um, and I personally feel like I've had a lot of benefit with using pleasure practices for manifestation. I know, you know, some good information about this topic. So let's get a little taboo and for all the people trying to manifest, you know, their financial situations and up level their money and bank accounts, like what, how do pleasure and making money even go hand in hand? Yes. I love that you brought this up because I love to talk about orgasmic manifestation and our orgasm holds so much power. And when we are able to utilize that power to manifest things, it is just extra powerful manifestation is already powerful, but when you use your orgasm to do that, it just puts it over the edge. And I remember a few years ago, I was doing orgasmic manifestation in regards to a car that I wanted. And it was so interesting because it was very easy for me to do orgasmic manifestation for that item. But when I, at that time, thought about maybe a future partner, it just didn't, there was no sensation. The vibe wasn't there. And it's just so interesting how you can see and physically feel the difference. But orgasmic manifestation is extremely powerful tool to utilize for money. Um, some tips for orgasmic manifestation. I think that what I would recommend you do is get really clear on what you are wanting. So journal about it, sit with it, think about it, and sets the mood. Have a very intimate moment with yourself. I like to do a, um, sorry, my Apple computer decided to start listening to us, <laughs> but uh, I like to, you know, set the mood with music and candles and massage oils and really seduce myself when I am doing this type of practice. And again, this isn't something that you're probably going to do every single day, because we just don't really have the time to have maybe two hours to self-pleasure every single day. Maybe you do. Everybody's schedule is a little bit different. But um, set the scene for yourself. Take really good care of yourself. Love on yourself. And when you orgasm, think about what you are desiring and what you're manifesting at the same time. That is how you utilize your orgasm for manifestation. I love it. And if anyone's listening to this and knocking it, you got two people here, 100% of the people recording this podcast right now agree that orgasmic manifestation does in fact work. And it's pretty incredible. It's a practice, just like a yoga practice. Like it might be a little different every time. You might be much more like in manifestation alignment mode one time and then a little more disconnected another time you know so it can kind of shift but the cool thing is like once you start to see the things you're manifesting coming into your frequency pretty fast you start to get really in that trust energy with that kind of frequency yeah it is so amazing and if you read any books like the secret I think they talk about using your erotic um, self in there there's a bunch of different books on manifestation that all talk about utilizing your 
orgasm. And, you know, I use the word orgasm lightly in that it doesn't have to end with orgasm. It can end in immense pleasure, whatever that looks like for you. And so when I say orgasm, it's more just a term that makes it a little bit easier to explain. Mm-hmm. But when you're just self-pleasuring, it's it's thinking about what you're wanting while you are utilizing your sexual energy. Seriously, like one of the times, you know, removed from direct orgasm for me was like in a beautiful bathtub, like really expensive hotel room in Thailand, you know, with like rose petals and oils and little salts and just being like, yes, like more please, like manifesting this type of bath in my house, like living somewhere where this is like a regular experience. So you can get into it in just kind of an experiential practice. That's actually one of my favorite ways to like start getting into it. If just kind of like going for it raw, it's like too too much or too vulnerable is like putting yourself in a scenario where you really like want to be in like a hotel or like a travel experience and then going into your pleasure sense there and just amplifying being like this is what I want this is like I want to feel this I want to be in more places just like this and just because you have to get like you have to get the flavor of what you're looking for like you have to go test drive the car you want and then be like fuck yeah, this is how I want to feel every day. And then capture that little nugget and then bring that to your practice every time you go in, whether it's orgasmic or not, like just go into the orgasmic manifestation practice. Yes. I love that recommendation of getting into that energy and going and experiencing that because I think that when you have a taste of what you're looking for, it is so much easier to manifest what you're looking for too. Exactly. When you got to have that flavor, just like, you know, you know, your favorite morning beverage, like we wake up craving our lattes or our cacao or tea. So you wake up and you're like, "Mm, I can't wait to have that first sip of whatever it is. That's how you want to feel when you're doing this practice. Like, "Mm, I can't wait to be driving that Range Rover. I can't wait to be in that mansion with that lifted up, you know, bathtub made of crystals off the ground. Like, that's what I want. I know it. I've felt it before. (laughs) Yes. I want somebody cooking for me and my laundry done and put away for me. Oh my God. Yes. Hire freshly folded, you know, shout out if they want to sponsor us, um, hire, um, a chef one day and just do it one day to capture the feeling. Because it's like, if we deny ourselves one day of something that costs like you know, a fraction of what that would cost to have like as an everyday experience, like our body isn't even going to believe us. They're like, you won't even do this for one day. How do I believe we're ever going to do this for a whole year lease, bitch? And I'm like, okay, I got you. Let me get a fancy hotel for a week. Let me show you up nervous system. And then I prove to myself that it's like, I will give this to you because I know it's what you want. And by not giving it to myself, I'm literally denying myself pleasure in the ways that I can receive it in that way, in that luxurious way in that moment. Mm, yes. Yes. I love that. It's so juicy. <laughs> so juicy. Well, Jordan, do you have any events? Um, I know you have the She Society call coming up um, in August, but anything else you want to share with the listeners? Yes. For those of you in San Diego, there are some live events happening. There is Self Love Friday, August 4th that I am going to be a part of. That is going to be a super fun event. You can check out uh, my Instagram to learn more information about that. And when this podcast episode drops, 
on the 28th, there is also a live podcast recording happening at my house where we are doing a vaginas, vulvas, and vibrators recording all about pleasure with another sex expert and pleasure advocate and really creating an intimate scene to have all of your questions about your body and sex and pleasure answered live on the pod. So amazing. And I'm so excited that you'll be at self-love Friday. It's going to be incredible. And your recording on the 28th is also going to be amazing. Who doesn't love a live recording? They are so fun. I've been going to other people's live recordings and it's just, I love doing that. So I had to start doing my own. Yay. Okay, everyone. We'll check that out. We'll put all the information in the show notes as well. So you can easily go follow Jordan, stay up to date with the podcast and what she's posting about and hosting about. And thank you again so much for being here, Jordan. This has been so amazing. I can't wait for people to listen to the sprinkles and nuggets of information about pleasure. And I know this episode will inspire people to tap into their own pleasures. Yes, I love it. And thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Have a great day, everyone.